Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Maura Z and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, the, oh my goodness, what is today's date? Today is the 25th of October, 2019, oh my goodness. And today we're reading from the big book. We are in the chapter how it works. We're on page 63, and we're going to be reading the fourth paragraph that starts next. We launched out, and comments will be on that one paragraph. Today's readers are 12 Steps, Tenzin P, 12 Traditions, Kelly S, and readers of the text, Pam M, Janice P M, and Barbara E. Waiting in the Wings. Our newcomer greeter is Amy Kay, and our host for the second unrecorded hour is Jen A. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, October 24th, 7 a.m. meeting, 13,568, 13568. And the 10 a.m. meeting, 13,570, 13570. And today we are going to be reading in the chapter, How It Works, on page 63, the fourth paragraph. Next, we launched out, and we'll be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. Over eight years, Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, excuse me, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Tenzin P., would you please read the 12 steps of OA? Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. And here are the beautiful steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly 
asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day. Thanks so much for your service, Tenzin P. And Kelly S., would you please read OA's 12 Traditions? Hi, this is Kelly S., compulsive overeater in Georgia. 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thanks so much for your service, Kelly S. So how does this meeting work? I'm going to tell you. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. And I would request that you all time yourselves, but yes, I will be timing as well. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. 
This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book. We are in the chapter, How It Works. We are on page 63 and reading the fourth paragraph that begins, next we launched out on a course of vigorous action. And we'll be reading and sharing on just that first paragraph. And our first reader is Pam M. Would you get us started, Pam? Absolutely, Laura. And if you could time me when it's time for me to share that with you. I will do so. Very helpful. Thank you. We found it very, oh, oops. Next we launched. Next we launched out on a course of vigorous action, the first step of which is a personal house cleaning, which many of us have never attempted. Though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. <sighs> so um, once we've surrendered our will to a loving God, it's time to clean house, you know, our inner house. Um, and this is why I have found that um, entire abstinence is so important um, before taking the step. I, I, the first time I did my step four, I, I was not entirely abstinent and things went awry. Um, I found that entire abstinence, um, I, without entire abstinence, I can't see my house. Um, I can't even see that it was dirty. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I'm 45 years old and I've spent a 35 years stuffing down the food to cork up emotions, to cork up this emotional flood inside me. So um, the book is starting to set us up for step four. And, he, and it, they say, so now we begin the strenuous effort to face the things in ourselves which have been blocking us. Step four isn't about others. It's about what's happening inside of me, learning how to get out of my own way learning how I get in my own way and how to get out of it. And so my eating was but a symptom. Um, you know, I had an emotional flood that I had been blocking. And just like a flood in your house, you could use any number of things to try to stop the flood from spreading. Um, you know, boxes, blankets, furniture, tires, whatever you have in the basement or the garage. Um, but, you know, that humans, when we have a flood of emotion, we do the same thing. We use any number of things that we can to try to block that food, alcohol, codependency. Mine, my favorite was food. But these boxes and blankets aren't going to clean the flood or stop the mold from creating damage, much like my food was not helping my inner house get clean. We have to get down to the cause of these emotional floods 
And in order to feel the safety necessary, we need to t- need that relationship with our unconditionally forgiving higher power to hold us so that we can be honest. Um, so uh, I don't know about you, but when I clean my house, I notice all the other little spots that are dirty. <laughs> so um, more and more is revealed. And, you know, that's why we say in, in, uh, when we read the, on page 164, more and more is revealed to us, right? We know only a little more will be revealed. And I see that as I continue throughout my abstinence and my prayer and meditation life and my life of service, I'm constantly Time, seeing, thank you, other ways that I still need to make amends and my flood gets cleaner and drier and I become more immaculate. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so very much, Pam, for sharing. Okay, who would like to share? Now, who hasn't shared in the last day or two? We'd love to hear Charles your voices. Julie R. H. Julie Chuck R. from Georgia. Julie R. Nancy, Nancy P. Nancy Craig A. Craig S. Barbara E. Oops, Janice P.M. Janice P.M. There's my first lineup. There we go. I have Charles H., Julie R., Nancy P., Craig F., Barbara E., Janice P.M. Okay, Charles, please go ahead. Thank you very much. Y'all got to time this thing. You've been here seven years. Come on now. (laughs) Yo, (laughs) we're not a glum lot, man. I'm happy. Charles H., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Next. Not, not the next day talking about is not next year, not next six months, not the next that you want it to be um, from making that decision. It's right away, right? And it's just so, you know, and, and I never realized that it wasn't my next. It was, the, it was the Texas next, right? So every time I did the next, I wasn't really making no decision, right? Because the causes and conditions, is not the food and the weight. And we hear this on the line all the time. You know, I, I'm going to keep it official. I'm not going to break no anonymity, but I, I got, like, uh, mad people on my email list, right? And none of them ain't, and a lot of them ain't doing no work because they, they, they're in their own neck, right? And their own neck is, is causing more conditions that brings them back to ground zero, hopefully, right? Um, so one thing I know about this big book that I don't know, much, but I know it's got five things that really changed my life. It has promises, it has prayers, it has conditions, it has warnings, and it got questions. And with that, I pass. I'm gonna leave some time on the clock for for the rest of you scholars. Thank you, Charles. Can't wait to see you, Julie R. It's your turn, followed by Nancy P. Good morning, Julie. Hi, Hi, Maura. Thank you, Julie R. Recovered compulsive overeater. And this is, I have this highlighted and notes everywhere, you know, yeah, it says next, next after what, you know, we make that decision. Um, And I am so glad that I had sponsorship that as soon as I did the third step prayer, they had me make my columns because it says next we launched. We just didn't make an appointment with myself that I'm going to start doing this next week. If we do it immediately, immediately. And it's vigorous, right? It's not something that I'm going to haphazardly do. I have got to do this because it's life or death. And, you know, it's my house cleaning, not yours, my house cleaning. And I just love these words. It was vital. It was crucial. 
if I don't do this the way that it's spelled out, it's going to have little permanent effect. What does that mean? That means I might just have abstinence, but I won't be recovered, or I won't even have abstinence, or I'll be overeating abstinent foods. I mean, it's not going to last if I do not do a vital uh, process. And it's like, you know, digging deep and seeing what were those things that were blocking me. Blocking me from what? My creator. Because if I'm blocked from my God, I don't have a chance. It'll be a matter of days, weeks that I'm going to run back into the food. Because food is what but a symptom. Yeah, that's not why I eat. Food was my solution. We hear this all the time. And it's like, so what am I supposed to do? I've got to get those things that are stopping me in my tracks. I had somebody tell me that if I saw somebody walking down the grocery aisle and I immediately wanted to go down the other aisle, they needed to be on my resentment list. So your personal house cleaning, if I don't do that, things are going to get rotten again inside of me. And the only thing I can do when I am not living a spiritual life is I'm going to act out. Yeah, we are so blessed to have this. And yeah, you know, it's it's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. But doing it the way that the big book outlines it with the columns instead of answering buku questions that have nothing to do with it, you know, or going back into my childhood, you know, I've already dealt with that stuff. What's happening today? And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Next, we have Nancy P., followed by Craig F. Good morning, Nancy. Hi, thanks for letting me share. This is Nancy P. calling from Newton, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. If you could time me, please, Maura. Um, so everybody's saying the same thing. Next, we launched out on a course of vigorous action. So launched shooting out into space, away from me, away from us. Um, vigorous is not only you know, enthusiastic or, you know, total, um, but it's specific. And, you know, I'm abandoning myself utterly to um, a clear-cut path here. And, you know, they say that it followed at once. That means, you know, this whole book is at once. You know, you do everything, like you put the food down, you wait, like, two or three minutes and then you start the the steps and you know when you finish steps one through nine then you start making 10 steps you know like that day that afternoon you know right away everything's right away they don't ever say chill out for a while and take a rest and the payoff is you know it's still more strength you know strenuous effort this is you know vigorous strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which have been blocking us and so, you know, I never faced anything, truly faced it without eating. I would, you know, after if I put down the food, it's, then I'd go back and say, oh, yeah, you know, that I didn't have to eat over that, um, but I did. And, um, and the good news, the payoff is to be rid of it. Like that is the payoff. You face it and you be rid of it. You don't have to stay with it. And... Um, you know, that is such a miracle. My sponsor says, told me a miracle but not a mystery. If I do this work, I get better. And everything that it says that will happen to me has happened. And I continue to have big challenges in my life. I've said this before. Every single one of my problems is alive and well. But I'm different. And um, 
you know, I'm so grateful today that I'm up and sharing on this line and that um, the people in my life who care about me are also on this line and um, I feel safe and protected. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Nancy P. Craig F., it's your turn, followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Maura. Good morning. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, it says here that, uh, that uh, followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which have been blocking us. Um, but it doesn't tell, it doesn't expand on blocking us from what uh, we're left to assume that we know what that means, but it'd be awful easy to put a lot of different interpretations on there if we're uh, not thoughtful about it. Been blocking me from losing weight? Has, has something been blocking me from some uh, psycho uh, self-analysis that leads to self-actualization? You know, blocking me from what? And, you know, we were given a hint back on page 45 with the thesis statement for the book. That's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourselves, which will solve your problems. So um, if liquor is but a symptom and we're getting down to causes and conditions, um, we're, what we're really doing is we're getting down to what's blocking us from that relationship with a power greater than ourselves. And what is that? You know, we're going to find out in a little bit that um, that it's put in three categories, uh, my resentments, my fears, and my harms, in other words, my guilt. And, and, and that kind of makes sense uh, I, to me that, uh, the, that I'm holding, if I'm holding this poison that's called resentment in me, and if I'm holding this, these, this poison called fear inside me, and if I'm walking around feeling guilty about the things I've done but not doing anything to straighten it out, that 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 poison is going to block me from a relationship with this power greater than myself, and and so the effort is going to be to uh, uh, to get down to causes and conditions, and to get down to uh, clearing up those things that that was resentments, fears, and guilt that's been blocking me from God, and if I can do that, then then I have a chance of, uh, of when I get to step 11, you know, I'm going to seek through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God. And and in 12, I'm going to be able to say that having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, as the result of these steps. And, and so we're about to start getting results. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Craig F. Barbara E., it's your turn. And after Barbara E., we will have a public service announcement. So stay tuned. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. I'll set my timer. Okay, there I go. Wow. Thank you so much for hearing my name in that huge melee. The gift of this program is I now know that abstinence alone is no longer enough for me. And praying alone is not enough. Just making some important decisions is not enough. And so far, that's all I've made, some decisions. Now I had to trust the process and also to trust the person 
I chose to direct me as a, to bear witness to my deepest, most shameful secrets. That alone for me took a huge leap of faith. I remember hearing on this very meeting a story about a man who prayed to God every single night that he'd win the lottery, but he never did. And finally he said, God, why haven't you answered my prayer? And God responded, you at least have to meet me halfway and buy a lottery ticket. You know who you are. Well, I had to be willing to buy that lottery ticket and be willing to accept the God idea and trust my guide to lead me on this fact-facing work necessary to uncover the real me. And believe me, I hate house cleaning of any kind and throwing out unused merchandise. But what I really had to do if I wanted to recover was to offer myself to God so that he could or she or it could be the potter remolding me to think less of me so that I may be free of the straitjacket that my victimhood, my resentments, my selfishness, dishonesty, self-seeking and fears had wrapped me in. Sometimes timidly knocking on the door isn't enough. If you want it badly enough, you have to be willing to smash the door down. And that's what I had to do, be willing to accept that I may fail to do it perfectly, but to not procrastinate out of fear. The difference between a master and a beginner is that a, ma <clears throat> a master has failed many times while a beginner has never had the courage to begin and seen it through, even in times of stress. Uh, as a result of doing all this work and continuing to do it every day, I'm no longer emotionally stunted. The program has given me alternative behaviors I am no longer fearful to be my authentic self, to grow from my personal experiences, to claim them, but not let them claim me. I have tools now that I know because I've seen them work for you. Thank you so much. That's my timer. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. And now we have a public service announcer from Miss Melissa C. Good morning, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Maura. How are you? Good to hear you. Good. It's good to hear you, too. Uh, listen, I am sure that I'll see you in Newark, right? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Great. So, guys, that's what I'm here to talk about. We thought we were done, but we're not. Um, the uh, wonderful convention is November 15th through the 17th at the Marriott Hotel and Convention Center at Newark, New Jersey, Liberty International Airport. And for more information, you can go on wwwavision for the number 4you.info. And here's the good news. The registration has been extended for one additional week until Thursday, October 31st. So if you thought, oh, I missed it, you didn't. You've got another week. And um, we also have, you know, um, rooms at the Renaissance. They're available. It is super convenient. It's priced just for us for the convention, and it's got a dedicated door-to-door -door 
speedy limousine service available. There's also a bulletin board available on the website for fellow seeking roommates and its rides, etc. So listen, you know, why should you go, right? You may be saying, mm, I'm good. I don't need this. Um, well, then we really need you, <laughs> right? If your recovery is rock solid, strong, then you have something useful to offer. Or, on the other hand, you may be saying, I'm a mess. I'm in relapse with the food. I'm not part of this inner circle that you imagine that there is. Okay, well, first of all, there's no inner circle. The only requirement that we have for membership to whatever inner circle you think it is is a desire to stop eating compulsively. So good news, you already belong. You know, this disease convinces you that you should stay alone in your misery, and it's not true. I'm here to tell you, your disease is a liar. If you think nobody wants you, clearly, how many times are we getting on the phone begging you to come? We want you. We really, really want you there. You're going to come. There's no inner circle. There's no clicks. There's no cold shoulders. I went two years ago. It was amazing. I saw and received the fellowship that I have craved all my life. Friends hugging friends. You're going to meet the people you call and connect with, and it's far more filling than the food ever could be. We really want you there. Please, please join us. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much, Melissa C. Thanks so very much. Okay, Janice PM, it is your turn. Good morning, Janice. Good Star morning. One. Oh, I just did. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you. Oh, good morning. About time, right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And good morning to you, Mara, and everyone. My name is Janice PM, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, for decades, for years, I have to say years, I thought, okay, now I'm in the fourth step. <laughs> no, you're not in the fourth. I wasn't in the fourth step right now. This is still the wonderful, I think it's a very important paragraph of the whole book because this is still step three. Where See, to launch means right, right away, fast pace. So this is the decision that I'm making. And, of course, in the rooms of OA, uh, you know, we didn't hear that this was very important. They were just stressing and when in my age, that it was, oh, the food, the food, the plan, the plan, the plan, and all that. And, yeah, it's a manifestation. It's only a symptom of what we're going to, we're getting prepared to do. And this is what I didn't hear that often. Of course, in the vision for you, that's it, because we got the solution. So this this step is telling me, okay, now you're making a decision. So now it's going to be followed by some strenuous efforts, you know, to clean up, to face, to face what? To face the things in step four that's to follow, four, five, and six, the things that we're and to get rid of. I gotta I gotta know them and then I've gotta get rid of them. But I'm not gonna get rid of them. They're gonna come in seven, eight, and nine for what? For the goal. For the goal of, of my of the program, which is to find a higher power that's going to do these things. Now, if I don't do this action, this coming action, uh, at a fast pace, I'm not going to make it, which I didn't. 
for for a long time because my obsession was very, very powerful when I was abstinent. And and I was, you know, irritable and this and that, and I didn't stop the fourth step right away. That's going to be coming up. This is what it means by a fast pace. It means right away, immediately, think about this. This is what we have to do. Why do we have to do it? So that I will end up with the spiritual awakening. This is why this paragraph to me is so, so important. Because if I don't get ready to do this, I'm going to be the same wicked and I'm going to go right back to the food. Because with this action that I'm going to take coming up, it's going to change my ability to turn my will, which is my thinking. So they say, oh, yeah, okay, step three, I'll just turn my will. I, I, I don't know what to turn over yet. <laughs> I have to find out the causes and conditions. So I don't have the ability at this time. Um, but Time, I will. please. Yeah, thank you so much. So after the six middle steps, then and only then will I be able to turn over my will, my thinking, and my life, my behaviors. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Janice PM. Okay, so if you've just tuned in, we are in the chapter How It Works. We are on page 63. We're reading the fourth chapter, fourth paragraph. It starts next, we launched out. If you've not shared in the last day or two, would you give me your first name and last initial? Kim G. Darian K. Leah M. G. Darian K. Leah M. Ginger C. Harlan. Leah. Harlan. Ginger C. Ginger. One more. Ramona Okay, I got it, guys. You guys are on fire. Let me write in all these. Initials. Okay, this is who I have. <laughs> Kim G, Darian K, Leah M, Harlan G, Ginger C, Ramona A. Woof, Kim G, good morning to you. Good morning, supersonic ears, Mara. It's Kim from <laughs> New Jersey. Whoa, okay. So, um, though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to be rid of the things and ourselves, which have been blocking us. A vital and crucial step. You know, that decision, I, I like to compare it to, there was a five-year period that I had made a decision to go to graduate school, at least a dozen times. But I never went to graduate school. Why? Because I never took action after the decision. It wasn't until I looked into if my company had tuition reimbursement, what schools offered the program that I wanted, found out after 20 years being out of college, I had to go back and take the TREs, see how much money I could afford. Then I applied and got into graduate school. And you know what? Getting into graduate school, I didn't get a graduate degree. Every semester, I had to sign up for classes. Now, a graduate degree is 60 credits. The reality is I could take 120 credits and still not get a graduate degree because that degree required certain classes in order to graduate. And I didn't even have the ability at certain times to take classes in whatever order I wanted to because I had these things called prerequisites. I couldn't take cost accounting until I had accounting one and accounting two. And I realized that was so true with my recovery. I could run around doing all this busy work, but if I wasn't doing the steps in the order that they were um, given to me, 
with prerequisites like number one being abstinent, I wasn't going to get this as a result of degree of a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps. And that explained to me why after many years in OA, I was getting relief, but I was never getting freedom because I wasn't doing the steps according to the direction. You know, when I was talking to an old sponsee of mine the other day, and we were kind of joking about going to the gym. And she told me after relapse that she'd come back and she'd been lifting the vision for you for about six months, but now she was ready to get a sponsor. And I told her, you know, I always think about, you know, joining the gym in January. How many people join the gym but never go to the gym? Like, just joining a gym is going to get you in shape. But what I find is that a lot of people, what they do in Overeaters Anonymous is, like, joining the gym. And they go into the gym every day, grabbing a People magazine, sitting in the waiting area, and watching other people work out. And then after 30 days, going, getting on the scale and looking in the mirror and going, why aren't I in shape? I've been at the gym every day. Because watching people work out is not going to get you in shape. I love the vision for you. I attend every day. But it's not my attendance that got me the freedom. It's looking at the meeting as a big show-and-tell operation and then doing what was on the meeting, what was these instructions after the meeting. You don't get in shape by going to the gym and looking at the equipment. And you don't get in shape in a way by just reading the steps, agreeing with the steps, or discussing the steps. It's by doing the steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks so very much, Kim G. And I don't know if that was your noise behind you, but I apologize if it wasn't. If you are not Darian Kay, would you all please make sure to check your phones and press star 1 to mute your phone? Darian Kay, good morning to you. Darian, star one. Hi there, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, good morning, yes. Oh, great, I thought it was all ready and then I got muted again. Um, Yeah, so Darian Kay, recovered in the Berkshires. And, um, oh, so grateful. I got this vision as people were talking. First of all, cleaning was on Fridays. We had, we cleaned on Fridays and had chicken. I, I I don't know. It was fried, cleaning and chicken. Um, and I grew to hate, hate Fridays because I hated to clean. And um, the funny thing was there were three, well, my mom, we were, my mom was divorced, and so there were three girls, me, my sister, and my mom. My sister would do mad cleaning. I would do a little bit, and my mom would try to organize her papers. And that was Friday, every Friday. And so the house got cleaned because my sister did a lot. My mom, on the other hand, had her papers all her life. She had her stack of papers because she never, ever focused on what she needed to do and get to the deep nitty-gritty of the cleaning. And um, it's such a good visual for me because um, I, you know, I just know that if I don't get into that deep cleaning situation, and I'm, and, and sadly, I'm sort of that surface cleaner too. Um, I am not going to benefit from the work. Um, and the house may be clean from the way it looks, you know, surf- superficially, but it really isn't. And, you know, things are going to start to go wrong and or, or smell or whatever. Um, it's just not cleaned right. So it's so important, you know, for me to um, to do this cleaning and to do it because... 
it helps me to become the better person that I want to be. And it, there's no other reason. It just helps me. And it helps me, um, yeah, just just get to be, like Barbara said, the authentic person that I need to be and to let go of those resentments and things that really I hold on to that really will bring me back to the food. I believe that and people have told me that and so I really believe the research that they did as well. So with that, I'm so grateful and um, yeah, thank you, I'll pass. Thank you, Darian K. Leah M., it's your turn, followed by Harlan G. Leah, star one. Thanks so much. Steps one and two were conclusions of the mind. I was beaten to a bloody pulp. <laughs> um, and uh, step three was just a decision to take action, to take these action steps. So step four was the beginning of this unblocking for me, um, this, this uh, path to freedom, because freedom isn't going to be free. It's not the entire inventory process, obviously, but step four is the beginning. Step four through nine is the entire inventory process, and the big book promises by the end of step nine, um, I will have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So step four you know, took care of the barriers between me and God. When I got rid of that stuff, because I was the greatest obstacle to a better life, <laughs> my thinking, um, all action is born in, born in thought. When, when through the steps, when I got rid of that stuff, I had a consciousness of God that I never had before. Whatever that means to you, consciousness of God. And ultimately what that meant for me was I had a spiritual awakening, a psychic change sufficient to overcome the mental obsession that kept sending me back to that very first bite. You know, the big book taught me and my sponsor <laughs> pounded into me that to get over compulsive overeating was going to require a transformation of thought and attitude. And, you know, my whole life had been digging my fists into cellophane bags and bakery boxes because under that heavy anesthetic of compulsive overeating, you know what? There was darkness. There was numbness. There was a de desperate attempt to alleviate the pain of life because life was very painful for someone like me. And I was cut off from all connections with reality and life itself. Now, abstinence, entire abstinence, took care of the allergy of the body. But, and so I was no longer a slave to food. But enslavement still threatened me. And my big book teaches me that leaving aside the drink question, why was my life so unsatisfactory? Not talking about food anymore at this point. Food has nothing to do with it anymore. Talking about how I live my life, the prism through which I saw my life. So step four was the first action step to do that. These action steps are a demonstration of my willingness to grab hold of that freedom. It's a co-creation. God is with me all the way, but I have to take the action. You know, when we talk about uh, the third step, we talk about being reborn. I am not what I used to be. I'm not who I used to be. My old ideas, attitudes, and emotion have been cast aside, and I now live my life dominated by a new set of ideas, emotions, and attitudes. And, you know, that has changed my whole life. That, ha that freedom embraces all those broken places and has transformed me. It's truly a conversion experience. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. 
Thank you, Leah M. Harlan G., it's your turn, followed by Ginger C. Good morning, Harlan. Good morning, Maura. Thank you very much for your service. It's great to hear your voice. And thank you to Team Friday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. And when we take a look at this, and I'm not going to say anything original here because you guys have just knocked it out of the park. It says next. We're going to get two time frames in this paragraph. We've got next. And so many people will call me up and they'll say, I did the steps 89,000 years ago. I'm in the food, blah, blah, blah. And what happened was is that they just took their sweet time and they did a step a month or a step a year. It says next we launched out on a course of vigorous action. And as was just stated so eloquently, this is the first of the action steps because steps one and two are conclusions of the mind. Step three is a decision. Now, why does it say the first step of which is a personal house cleaning? Because again, to reiterate, this is the first of the action steps. And it says, though our decision, step three, was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once, there's your second time frame, at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. And I see so many people spending weeks and weeks and weeks inventorying their character assets there is nothing in this book that says because I am a really good salesman that that was causing me to compulsively overeat. There is nothing in this book that says because I have a sense of humor or because of whatever, that's why I ate. What, is, what does it say, though? It says we had to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. The things that had been blocking me need to be inventory. And that's why I'm going to uncover, discover, and discard in step four. I'm going to uncover the things that have been blocking me, killing me. What's the real problem? It's the buildup of human emotion. The guilt, the shame, the remorse, the happiness, the sadness, the lust, the jealousy, all those things have been bursting to the surface inside me like a Roman candle on the 4th of July and my mental twist has been telling me to eat because it's the only thing that puts out the fire. It says our liquor was but a symptom. And that means food was never the problem. It was the solution to the problem. So I have to get down to causes and conditions. When? Right now. Right now. I have to do this right now. I have to do this right away. But there's one thing I don't have to do, and I'm going to close with this. I don't have to do it perfectly. And the biggest mistake I see over and over and over again in step four is it says fearless and thorough, which we're going to get to next week, but it does not say perfect. Shoot for a B minus. You'll be a lot better off in the long run. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. God's not going to put my fourth step on the refrigerator. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan. Ginger C., it's your turn, my friend, followed by Ramona A. Morning, Ginger. Hey, Maura, good morning. Thank you so much for your service. This is Ginger C., Recover Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. 
Oh, what a powerful meeting this morning. And I'm just remembering on 62, it says we must be rid of this selfishness or it will kill us. So again, thank God for this practical program of action and this strenuous hard work that we get to take each and every day. A friend tells me, Ginger, work it harder today than you did yesterday because that's exactly what your disease is doing. So what choice do we have? Blot it out or accept the spiritual help and then start digging and dig deep. And a lot of my 10 steps are often a four through nine because I'm hooked. I can't see clearly. I don't want to go look and see what's behind the door, but that's where the freedom lies. The truth will set me free. And it may piss you off before it sets you free, but what, you know, again, what options, what choice do you have? So thank God for, again, these precise directions because I lack power. And without any power between me and this elbow that is guaranteed to bend and pick up the food, I'm screwed. So I do this work and I do it the best that I can a day at a time. And I get, again, most importantly, to be of maximum service, you know, this usefulness to others. Because really, I'm all about me 24-7. You know, I don't think much, but that's all I can go is just think about Ginger and my plans, my designs, my old ideas. So someone said it yesterday, and I just loved it. You know, I hope you don't substitute this relief for recovery because recovery is hard work. This price has to be paid. And the rule is I must be hard on myself. Again, I won't go there. I won't do this. And so if I just ask God, help me to do this, God, because I'm undisciplined and it's the last door that I go to, I can continue a day at a time, and most importantly, I will hopefully have my last breath as an abstinent recovered breath, and that's what we're all after. So, you know, and facing ourselves, we look at four and five, and then be rid of, and that's step six, seven, and eight. And then again, God, help me to do this, because I don't. I will rest on laurels. I want it my way. I'm tired. This is too much. And again, what choice do I have? So... I'm so grateful to keep doing it, moving muscles with you all. And, um, yeah, just so grateful to see this digger, this deeper digging, this third column that we just tend to check boxes. No, what's going on there? Because that's where you're threatened and hurt. And when you go a little deeper in that, you might see a little bit more clearly. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger. And Ramona A., it's your turn. Good morning, Ramona. Star one, please. Hi. Uh, hi. I thought I was unmuted. I'm sorry. This is Ramona A., recovered in Vermont, and thank you all for your service. It's wonderful to be here and be part of the meeting. So when I came to step four, and what struck me this morning was the causes and conditions phrase. And I looked at all of the steps as, you know, they all have principles, which which life is based on principles, and it may be the principles that are noted with each step, and it, it includes others, too. When I was eating, one of the conditions was if, if I went to a dessert buffet, that would be certainly be a condition that would prelude, you know, come with uh, overeating, compulsive overeating. It wasn't the cause, though. It wasn't the cause, and I had to come through and look at everything in the fourth step here to say, oh, what were the causes? The fourth step shows me now the conditions under which 
I do all the the different harms that I've done and had all the different resentments that I have or had. And uh, I have to say, every time I go through the, the fourth step, I learn more. I go deeper and deeper into those causes and conditions. And, and that's a most wonderful experience. But um, So when I was looking at the fourth step, I learned a lot of the conditions, the condition of living in a family with addictions, a condition of, you know, feeling uh, just uh, lost at work or whatever. But the causes, those come with working the rest of the steps. So the fourth step for me was a beginning. It was a huge, huge beginning after the first three steps, doing the action and finding out that, but working through all the different causes, you know, into um, the column four there, I began to learn, or those were the conditions, I began to learn the causes, the causes, my character defects, you know, my selfish way of looking at the world, the the self-pity, the, um, you know, the dishonest, all the old thoughts and ways of thinking that I thought were real and they are not. You know, I could not distinguish the truth from the false in what was important in life. So, um, I just, if anyone is hesitating with this, I really, really would encourage them to get into it, learn these causes and conditions, and and then go on, and life can truly, truly be better. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ramona A. Okay, we have time for a minute, minute and a half share. Who would like that? Katie G. from Boston. It's yours. Hey, Maura, sorry, I'm a little out of breath. You know, I love the shares I heard today, and one of the things people often say is that they're scared to do a four-step. If you've learned anything today, please let it be that you're scared not to do a four-step, because the most powerful thing about the four-step is that I am the problem. I am the problem. Whatever is happening in my life is... I'm the problem because I am looking at it through my resentment, through my, through my fear, through my selfishness, self-centeredness, dishonesty, and fear, right? I am a self-centered person. And whether you want to call it selfish or not, that is the essence of my disease. And the thing is, if I want to not eat a day at a time, I have to tell you, it is my privilege to be told I'm wrong. It is my privilege to see where each and every situation in my life can be freed by looking at where am I seeing this incorrectly. The only way to get to God is to unblock me, as somebody so beautifully reminded us, uncover, figure it out, discover, wow, I'm wrong again, and discard, get rid of it, the things that are blocking me. That is the freedom. And, um, you know, I don't know, it's, that's the good drug, right? Like that I can, be, I can be in this world today and know that whatever is happening, whenever I'm disturbed, it's not about you. The only way to God is by, by getting rid of it and seeing that I'm wrong. And uh, it sounds like that's my time. Hi, Maura, did something happen? Yes. No, my I didn't I did not mute. You had about seven seconds later, but thank you, Katie G. <laughs> I'll take my seven seconds to say I am grateful for your service.
And yours. Thanks so very much. And Katie was our last share for the day. So thank you all to everyone who shared. And uh, thank you all to the Friday team that, uh, that takes care of us. Okay, so uh, that is the closing of our meeting. And today's share ID important number is 13,572. That's 13572. And at our peak, we were 397 strong. We almost made the 400, but that's okay. Every one of us is important. If you would like to now uh, listen carefully to, um, oh, no, Janice PM. I'm sorry. Janice PM will share with us on page 164, A Vision for You, and then we'll have the serenity prayer together. Good morning, Janice. Well, good morning to you again. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. She, um, I can't even read my, my... Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.